These are some of the major stories which made the news this week in The Hunter. A 16-year-old boy was left fighting for life after an explosion at a family barbecue in Port Stephens on Sunday. Methylated spirit was thrown onto a fire pit which was on an outdoor patio at home on Sandy Point Road at Corlett late Sunday afternoon, causing an explosion. The teenage boy underwent surgery after suffering critical burns to his face, arms and torso. He was flown to Sydney's Royal North Shore Hospital along with a man and woman in their 40s. Two others were taken to the John Hunter. It's understood all five were huddled around the fire pit when the incident happened, sparking a reminder from police to not mess about with flames. While Tuesday night's federal budget included millions of dollars for PFAS-affected communities, Williamtown residents remain disappointed. On Monday, the federal government's task force on PFAS chemicals announced a $73 million package to provide clean drinking water to affected communities, but ruled out any potential home buybacks for properties whose value has plummeted. Williamtown resident Lindsay Clout said a buyback was something residents were really hoping for. They were hoping for some glimmer of hope that they would be able to be moved out, some level of compensation. The problem that we've got is that the contamination stigma has destroyed house prices and there are hundreds of people that want to move away from this contamination and they can't get out because they can't sell their property. They are trapped. Patterson MP Meryl Swanson said while she welcomes any funding, this is not new money. Of that $73 million, let's just be really clear, the government spent $55.2 million of that previously, so that isn't new money. Look, I don't think the Turnbull government should be lauded for simply agreeing to stop contaminating people's water and provide them just with clean drinking water, which is a basic human right anyhow. Meanwhile, the hunter missed out on the major infrastructure spending announced in the federal budget. Key road and rail projects in the region were ignored. However, the Williamtown RAF base will receive around $2 billion in defence spending, with most of the cash going towards the F-35 Joint Strike Fighter Project and air combat facilities. Hunter MP Joel Fitzgibbon said it was a largely disappointing budget for the region. We wanted some money for the Glendale interchange, the scale and Musselbrook bypasses, Something to give relief to the traffic uh, congestion in Sastock. I linked to the Hunter Expressway and, of course, no money at all. So disappointing all around, really. Shortland MP Pat Conroy slammed federal budget tax breaks for low- to middle-income earners. He says the tax cut announced on Tuesday night for 10 million Australian workers will barely make a dent in the hip pockets of Hunter employees. I think this budget is profoundly unfair in terms of tax cuts. So the typical worker in Shortland will get an $8 a week tax cut, but if you're on $200,000 a year, you get a $7,000 a year tax cut. And obviously they're also giving $80 billion in corporate tax cut as well. So I think it's a budget of wrong priorities. On Thursday, residents caught up in the PFAS contamination crisis at Williamtown will told they'll have to deal with a new impost on their lives. Those living in the red zone on Cabbage Tree Road will soon have to contend with a sand mine as a neighbour after the Planning Assessment Commission approved the project. Port Stephens MP Kate Washington said it's a cruel blow for residents whose properties have already been made worthless by the contamination scandal. Well, their home values are pretty rock bottom already and because of that, unlike any other development that's approved around this state, those residents can't leave that site if they wanted to. So if they don't like the sand trucks, if they don't like the noise and the dust that's going to come out of that sand mine, they can't even move away. This is such a cruel decision. 
On Thursday, a female employee of a Stockton pizza shop was left shaken but otherwise unharmed after a daring daylight robbery. Two men walked into the Pirate Point pizza outlet on Mitchell Street at about 5 o'clock Thursday afternoon and verbally threatened the woman before making off with her mobile phone and cash in a car parked outside. Both men are described as being of Caucasian appearance in their 20s. One is about 178 centimetres tall with a large build and was wearing a white hoodie and black sunglasses. The other is about 185 centimetres tall with a thin build and was wearing a blue hoodie. On Friday, police said the victim of a shooting incident at Edgeworth is refusing to cooperate with their inquiries. Jessica Oxford from police headquarters said officers were initially called to reports of a gun being fired in Renfrew Crescent at about five o'clock Thursday afternoon. A short time later, a 30-year-old man sought treatment at hospital for a gunshot wound to his lower right leg. A crime scene was established as officers continue to investigate the circumstances surrounding the incident. Anyone with information about the shooting or anyone seen in the vicinity of Renfrew Crescent acting suspiciously is urged to contact Belmont Police Station or Crime Stoppers on 1800 000. A cyclist sadly died in hospital after a tragic crash at Nelson Bay on Thursday afternoon. The man, believed to be in his 70s, was riding on Gowrie Road near the intersection of Shoal Bay Road when he was struck by a Toyota Camry. He was treated at the scene by paramedics but died a short time later from a massive head injury. The driver of the Camry was taken to Tomary Hospital for mandatory testing. And the University of Newcastle responded to the federal budget on Friday after missing out on a share of regional funding. $24.7 million a year for the next five years will be given to campuses in areas like Coffs Harbour who qualified as regional, where Newcastle did not. Vice-Chancellor Carolyn McMillan said it's a shame to see our broader programs such as rural health in Tamworth being ignored simply because Callaghan is classified as metropolitan. Carolyn McMillan said a funding freeze announced in December has the potential to hurt uni finances down the road. I think my main concern with this cap on government funding is if you are in regions where already there is a lower proportion of the population who are graduates, then this freeze actually means the economic transition, the way in which regions begin to meet the future workforce is going to be really challenged. And that's a look at the week that was from 2NURFM Hunter News.